It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We've got a lot going on, a lot to dive into, that's for sure. Major League Baseball, Yankees uh, doing extremely well. Uh, at Fenway against the Red Sox and just creating more and more space. Now, what is it, a 15-game lead um, as well as a 14-and-a-half game lead uh, to the Rays, 15-game lead to the Red Sox. So that's great. you got Montgomery going later on this evening. It's an evening game against Crawford. We'll dive into all the Yankee news and Yankee talk right now. Stanton considering participating in the Home Run Derby. Curious how Yankee fans feel about that uh, because we know at times – you know, when when certain Major League Baseball players participate in that home run derby, it really it screws them up for the next few weeks, let alone maybe a month or two in regard to their swing. We'll dive into that. Uh, the Marlins, they beat the Mets. So uh, right now that series is 1-1, another four-game series for the Mets against the Marlins. Carrasco uh, pitching for the Mets today, which, by the way, and, and I'm going to get into this, does not have a really great track record against a very hot Miami Marlins team. So again, we'll talk some baseball with you. We'll open up the phone lines as we get closer to the trade deadline. You know, what did, what did the Yankees do with Andujar? Uh, I know that uh, he's requested a trade. He wants out. Cashman with some interesting statements uh, this week. Doesn't matter who, uh, what players request a trade. We're going to do what we want to do. Also take a look around Major League Baseball and the players out there that uh, suspect um, reports, assumptions that both the Yankees and the Mets will be after. So uh, we'll do that. And um, and also let's talk some NBA because even though you've got the Summer League taking place right now in Las Vegas, and by the way, Christian Winfield is going to join us. Of course, he covers the Nets. And, and I, I said this, I've been filling in a, a lot this week from 7 to 10. And of, and of course, the We Can Wager our gambling show last night. I just feel like every time... I, I go online or I'm on my Twitter and I'm researching Nets. I'm researching Katie. I'm researching Kyrie. It's a different story. Every time. There's just like, when you think that it's zigging, it's zagging. When you think that it's zagging, it's zigging. Are these two dudes at, at are, are they at ends uh, with one another? Do they want to separate? Do they not want to play with one another? Is Katie's uh request, I don't want to call it a demand, I guess some of us would call it a demand, to be traded from the Nets? Is is that because he wants out because of Kyrie? All of a sudden, whoa, you know, well, in one instant, he's upset that Kyrie didn't get vaxxed. In another instant, he's upset at the organization. The organization didn't offer Kyrie a, a long-term deal. What is it? What is it? And apparently reports out there, Katie has gone dark. What does that mean? He's just apparently reports from other NBA players and friends that he's not even responding to anyone. Of course, we see Kyrie. I want to say he was at a, uh, a, a an L.A. Sparks game 
last night or yesterday, sometime like that, I saw some video of him courtside supporting the women, which is always nice, of course. Joe Wiz always joins us on Saturday afternoon around 2.30, giving us his picks, his plays. He's got his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN that you can listen to uh, as well. So excited to have Joe on. As always, we're going to have a click or don't click for you, a fun way we tour around our wide, wide world of sport and we find out what is trending on this Saturday afternoon and bringing back He Said, She Said today. That's going to air at 2 o'clock. Typically, I look back at the week that was and some of the statements that were made, whether it's by an athlete, a coach, an owner, a general manager, um, whatever the case may be, and, and statements that to me kind of uh, made the headlines, not kind of, but made the headlines, or in me reading, I said to myself, whoa, really? You said that? So um, we're, we're going to respond uh, and, and, and have some reaction to some of the statements uh, that were made this week in sport. Also, you got the spot, Scottish Open that's taking place across the pond right now. You know, it, it, I don't know about you. It's it's hard for me at times, and, and I want to call up uh, the, uh, the the leaderboard right here. You know, when when you've got that time differential, these guys are teeing off at two fifteen in the morning. So I feel like you know, <laughs> I mean, some of these guys already what it's it's noon. And some of these guys are already you know completed seventeen holes. Uh, but Tringali now still at the top of the leaderboard at eight under. Uh, Kitayama made some ground on him, three under today through seven. So he's two shots back. Uh, Shoffley, two under today through eight. He's making some ground. Shoffley's a guy that I like next week in the open. I'll share with you all the reasons why. Jordan Spieth, that's a guy that I picked to uh, finish in the top five, possibly win this week. He's just uh, four strokes back. He's four under through 16 today, and he's tied for fifth. So good. Put some money down on Jordan Spieth. Speed to finish in the top five. He loves playing across the pond. He loves link style courses. He loves slow greens. Big reason why I like Speed this week as well as next week at the Open. And of course, uh, the biggest story there heading into Thursday is Tiger Woods and what it would mean not just to the game of golf, but to sport in general. If Tiger Woods was to come out and win the Open next week. Um, you know, J- Justin Thomas, JT's his best friend, and said, don't underestimate. This date has been circled on his calendar for over a year now since the accident. He loves St. Andrews. It's his favorite course, period, in the world. It's the 150th anniversary uh, of, of the Open, especially it taking place at St. Andrews uh, next week, starting Thursday. It's just going to be magical, especially if Tiger Woods can perform in the way that we've seen him perform before. Also on Sunday, we've got Wimbledon. We've got the men's final. Andre Snellings joined me on our gambling show yesterday. Last night, it was pretty late, around 1130 at night. Gave us a preview of, uh, of you know, the Joker and Kyrgios uh, going at it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Hopefully you've got your strawberries and your cream and your refrigerator ready for that. That's a great breakfast in the morning for your men's Wimbledon championship. So uh, as you can see, a lot going on. We're going to touch on everything, Major League Baseball, NBA. Um, and, and also, why not? You know, let's... <laughs> How crazy is it, guys? That I mean, I don't, I can't remember the last time I really talked about NFL in in a very deep way. Obviously, this week with Baker Mayfield being traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional fourth or fifth round pick, pending on, um, you know, his 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 play. And what is that? I mean, how many games he starts? How many games he helps the Carolina Panthers win? 
any of that could be included in in that conditional fourth or fifth round pick. But at the end of the day, you've got a Carolina Panthers team marinating this for a minute, guys. You've got a Carolina Panthers team that has the number one and number two picks in the 2018 draft. And oh, by the way, allegedly they're going to be competing, quote unquote, wink, wink, for the starting job for the Carolina Panthers. Jets fans, how do you feel about that, right? Uh, Also, you've got uh, Robbie Anderson. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. When news was surfacing out there a few months ago that there was a possibility that Baker Mayfield would end up with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Former Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson went to social media and wrote, no, big capital letters, like, no. Uh, And, of course, that went viral. Well, watch out what you tweet, right? Because now, uh, Robbie Anderson, Baker Mayfield just might be your starting quarterback, and you don't want the Odell Beckham Jr. treatment in Carolina, do you? I know, exactly. On top of that, uh, Robbie Anderson came out and said some interesting things about Sam Darnold and how his development was all, quote-unquote, messed up here in New York with the Jets. So uh, here, here's another caveat to the story. And don't think for a second money doesn't play a role in executive decisions that are made. It's not like Carolina had to give up a lot to get Baker Mayfield. Again, a fourth or fifth, depending on play, and also his $15 million that he's due this season – Carolina's only on the hook for five. Cleveland Browns are paying the other 10. Meanwhile, guess how much money Sam Darnold is making? (laughs) This is another thing to marinate in. Sam Darnold's making over $18 million this year. Yep, you heard me right. $18 million. So uh, as, as much as a competition as this is going to be, keep in mind Sam Darnold comes in understanding this offense already one year under it, right? Um, so Baker Mayfield's going to have to learn the offense and listen, I I think Baker Mayfield, based on everything that we've seen, I think Baker Mayfield is the better quarterback, right? I think Baker Mayfield will win this battle, but two things that Sam Darnold has going in his favor. Uh, Number one is, uh, Robbie Anderson, obviously coming to his, his side and his support. Number two, the fact that he is getting paid almost 19, I think it's 18.8, almost $19 million dollars from the Carolina Panthers. Again, trust me, I've been covering this league for a long time. Money does matter, okay, in regard to decisions that are made in the front office. They don't want to look stupid. They don't want to look dumb. You're going to have Sam Darnold holding the clipboard for $18.8 million. I don't know. Maybe does Sam Darnold get traded at some point in time? You know, that that's 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 a possibility as well. Um, and, of course, knowing, already having a year in advance of knowing this offense uh, that they're executing there in in Carolina. So a, a few things that Sam Darnold has above Baker Mayfield, if this is going to be a true competition, uh, wiping out the, the money issue could be interesting. Also, really, really, get this, week one, and guys, I, I want to ask you this a little bit later on the show so you can marinate in this for for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and that is week one, you've got Carolina at home playing the, the Cleveland Browns and not sure who their quarterback's going to be, right? We don't know. We're sitting, waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? It will be one or the other, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure Jets fans are hoping that it's Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson has some type of suspension, whether it's a full year, nine months, six months, four months, who knows? Because then of course, you know, now you get to Jacoby Brissett and that, that, that week two game against Cleveland for Jets fans. But then in week one, you also have Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos taking on the Seattle Seahawks. How fun is that? The storylines, 
already created uh, in week one with, with, with two pretty solid quarterbacks wearing different uniforms and going up against their, their, their former teams. If I told you that you could only watch one of those games, if you could, either, you could watch either one of those games in week one, which one would it be? I'm going to ask you that. Don't give me the answer now. I'm going to ask you a little bit later. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Which one do you think is going to be more, um, more juicy, more meaty, uh, more drama-filled, uh, per se? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk some Yankees as they beat the Red Sox uh, last night. 12 to 5. Wow, Donaldson, Carpenter getting some act. How about Gallo? Two-run triple. Almost a, uh, you know, in-the-house in, in home run. Um, so, uh, so now what you've got, I'm sorry, I misspoke. When I opened up the show, now you've got a 15 and a half game lead on the Rays and a 16 game lead on the Red Sox. So that's huge for the Yankees right now. Uh, Cortez, only only negative here, if you want to call it, obviously a negative, and that is Cortez couldn't get through four innings, gave up four runs and eight hits. So he's been inconsistent as of late. Um, You know, his last outing was pretty solid, but the, the, the previous two before that, not so great. So... Uh, this is a Yankees team now. They're 10-1 and their last 11 games against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Rizzo still dealing with some back spasms. Uh, guys, any, any word whether or not he's going to be in the lineup tonight? I, I think that there was hope and expectation that he would, but I haven't seen or heard anything as of late. Have you guys? So he was taking batting practice yesterday with the hopes that he'd be returning today. With the game at around 7 o'clock, I think the lineup should be out probably around 4. So there's no, um, there's no official word, but there is hope that he does return today, yeah. which would be a huge boost to that lineup. Yeah, because, you know, they obviously need it, considering that they are only putting up 12 yesterday, runs. Yesterday, no Stanton, no Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Judge goes 0 for 5 with 3 Ks, and they still just dominate. It, it's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. You've got Montgomery going uh, tonight. He's three and two with a three nineteen ERA against Crawford, who's two and two with a five oh four. No Devers tonight. Uh, we know Devers. He's got Garrett Cole's number, but uh, Montgomery doesn't have to worry about him. And that's also, another thing to have Cole and Devers struggle to the degree that they did in Fenway Park, and you still come out of there uh, with two victories is is a testament to the. Uh, magnitude that is this this team wins in every way they win and come from behind fashion we saw against the Astros where they were they were essentially getting shut down the entire game before a couple of walk-offs we've seen them slug their way to to victories it's just they're multifaceted this is a completely different team we've seen defensively they've upped their their game and that I think they lead baseball in, in defensive run prevention which, I mean, you go back to last year, how, just how sloppy. It was just such a miserable experience watching them just throw the ball around the field, be sloppy. I know Cone talked about in the broadcast the other night 
uh, of about their ability to to perform on the base pass. They're running more, so it's just this this team is they do literally everything well. And to Ty's point. Uh, previous years it's really been home run or bust but we've seen now them winning games in a ton of different ways i saw this stat last night last year the entire season they had 63 steals already this year they have 58 so it's not even the all-star break and they have five less steals this year uh, than the entire season of last year so this is a new team i know it doesn't seem that different it certainly feels different but when you look at the moves that they made kind of replacing Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, they got IKF and Donaldson. It didn't really feel like they made any big major moves, but clearly something is different with this 2022 New York Yankees team. Um, so t- today, again, uh, going up against uh, the Boston Red Sox, um, Devers, 327 ERA with 19 home runs, and the fact that you know he's not in the lineup today um, you know, obviously coming off of the IL, obviously Boston wants to take it easy with him. On top of that, you can argue Boston, one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball with the Yankees, their bullpen, uh, not the best, but yet they are rested. So how am I playing this today? I'm definitely playing the Yankees on the run line. That's for sure. Um, Ty sent me an, an interesting um, uh, Buster Olney tweeted this out on Thursday. And so Ty sent this to me from Fangraphs. And uh, the assessment of fan graphs on best chances for winning the World Series, Dodgers 15.4, Braves 15.2, Astros 14.5, Mets 12.8, Yankees 12.3. So fan graphs has the Dodgers, the Braves, the Astros, and the Mets all ahead of the Yankees. Which I don't understand. Which is the best chance of winning the World Series. Um, you know, it's, it's really, here, here's, here's one thing, Uh, like, like I'm with you. I don't understand. Like I understand the Dodgers. I understand the Astros. I think you can make an argument. Okay, Ty, I understand. Like you can make an argument for the Dodgers. You can make an argument for the Astros. I think you can make an argument for the Mets. Okay. Because listen, they've, they've done so well without having both their two aces, uh, back to back in the rotation. Okay. So I think uh, the, the Braves a little perplexing to me, but with that being said, I, and, and, and I understand that these are this, this is the probability right now. This is the percentage probability. But, like, wait until after the trade deadline. Let's see, right? Like, let's see what, what the Yankees are going to do at the trade deadline. Yeah, but so here's the problem with that. It, like, the Yankees, sure, are, are there moves to be made at the trade deadline. But even in having this conversation, you could argue that this is a team that even if they stayed packed, like I understand that maybe you add another starter, add another bullpen arm. I get all of that. Uh, what, what are you going to do with Gallo? I understand that. But if this team stayed as presently, presently constructed, there is, there is no argument that there are four teams with better odds to win the title than the Yankees. And if you want to make the case for the Dodgers, battle-tested, they've done it. Sure, Astros have had their number. Okay, but... The Braves and the Mets being added to that list of four, I like it just doesn't make sense to me. Who's got the best record in baseball by a mile? That's the Yankees. Who's got the best run differential in baseball? That's the Yankees. Best record when leading in a game, the Yankees. Best record when trailing in a game, the Yankees. Toughest division in baseball, the Yankees happen to play in that division where mm, they have the best. Not in, this season. Uh, there are four teams. I wouldn't say, there are four I wouldn't th- say this, this season, tied. I, I wouldn't. No. So all I know is that there's one division in the sport that has four teams above 500, and that's the American League East. 
so, I mean, statistically, it's the best division in baseball, and the Yankees only have the best in-division record in the sport. So, I mean, look, go through all the numbers, watch the team play, and you're going to tell me there are four teams with better odds to win the title? I don't think so. Um, I think, again, I think we have to look bigger picture here, right? Like, because when, when you do see, in one of the biggest criticisms with the Yankees is, uh, the schedule that they've had, and, and it has been one of the easiest. If you look at their schedule in regards to the t- number of teams that they've played that are blo- below 500. How is that like, possible that they've hit, played an easy schedule when they have the best record against teams above 500 this year? And I just I, mentioned I'm, that they have they, they are one of four teams in their own division that's above 500. No other division has that. Again, I, I think I th- and again, don't kill don't kill the messenger here. You sent me this information. I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to make no, sense. But you just of, said the schedule. I'm just so we're I'm talking just, about the schedule, right? I, I'm just and and this is one of the biggest criticisms about the Yankees this season is the schedule. Okay. That's a fact, right? Like like we've no, heard that not, before. Like oh, who have, who have the Yankees played? And when they do go up against teams that have strong right-handed pitchers, they don't do well. That, if you go back and you and you look at their schedule, games that you know, they only won by one run or games that they've lost, they've go up against, if they go up against very strong right-handed pitchers and it's not just Gallo and, and Hicks who have a problem. It's, it's, it, it is Stanton. It is judge. It is Donaldson. Uh, they do have an, an issue against strong right-handed pitchers. Yes. Yeah, so, so much so that against teams above 500, they're 28 and 13. So, I mean, listen, we can look at the and watch the games and look at the numbers and then come up with ways to devalue what they're doing. Or we can just say uh, the Astros, you know, that daunting schedule that is playing the Mariners, Rangers, Angels, and Athletics 19 times a year each. Yeah, blows me away. Uh, the, the Twins, who lead their division. Seattle's Guardians, not white. so bad, Ty. Yeah, that's one team. Talk to me about the Rangers, the Angels, and the Athletics. <laughs> Again, the Yankees, this, this whole idea of they haven't played anyone. Look at the division, the Rays, the, who everyone picked to finish ahead of them, the Red Sox, who many people fit, picked to f- finish ahead of them, and the Blue Jays, who the entire baseball world picked to get to the World Series at the very least. I understand, but all of them, but all of them started really slow, Ty. I I mean, the the start, the start of their season. So, you know, and there's still the second half of the season to be played. Listen, the Yankees have such a monster lead on everybody. 15 and a half, 16, 16 and a half. Like, you know, I have no doubt the Yankees are going to win this division. No doubt at all. But um, also, another thing that I I think in in regard to the, the, the probability here is, is I think, I, and again, it's unfor- I wish we would have booked somebody from, from Fangraphs to explain this or maybe get both Buster Olney on the show to explain this But and, and because I'm sitting here assuming these probability numbers and that is, you know, the chances of the Mets upsetting the Dodgers or the Braves, um, you know, how many games, like, you know, so now the Braves are only two and a half games, uh, you know, below the Mets. So... Now that, you know, in, in, in Atlanta's, their lineup is, has just been, you know, fantastic as of late. I, I want to say they have the best batting average in the month of June. Okay. So now you've got a competitive Atlanta team. So, so maybe there's more parity in the National League with the opportunity of it being the Mets, Atlanta, or the Dodgers to advance to represent the National League. And, and really, um, you know, knowing that it's going to be a tougher task for the Yankees to get past the Houston Astros. 
if it comes down to that in in the American League Division Championship. You know, maybe maybe that is 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 playing into these probabilities. I'm just trying to make sense of it, Ty. That's all. I'm trying to make sense of it. I truly believe that Brian Cashman is going to be, as I like to call it, active and attractive towards the trade deadline um, in bringing in some guys that are going to help bolster this lineup. Benintendi, uh, Benintendi, uh, the offensive, uh, the outfielder from Kansas City. He's batting 316 right now. Um, also Castillo, uh, right-handed pitcher from the Reds. Um, he's got 11 starts. He's got a 309 ERA, 25% K rate. So those are two guys. I don't know. There's some talk out there in regard to uh, Brian Reynolds from uh, from Pittsburgh. He's batting 333 in the month of June. So you know, and so I, I do expect Brian Cashman to be active and, and even better this lineup. Who knows? Uh, give more depth to the pitching rotation as well. And I do believe that this this Yankees team is going to be even better than they are right now. And, and again, having the best record in Major League Baseball, it's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a fun second half. I, I do expect the Rays and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays to, to, to perform better in the second half than they did in the first half. But I just think this Yankees team has too far great of a lead right now for anybody to catch up to them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, click or don't click. Fun way we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 1.04 p.m. on this Saturday afternoon. Our producers always lead the way. We've got Ty and Jake in studio. Gentlemen, what you got? Shots fired at Gang Green. Ooh, I'm clicking that. How about this? You click it and you have audio. Here it goes. (gasps) Like his development was all messed up coming into the league. I don't feel like, but look at Pat and look at Lamar. They ain't play right away. I don't feel like Sam should have played right away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's just, I feel like his career got jump started the wrong way. I feel like being in the building, the coaches, the, I was there. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was all, it wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? So in his defense, I don't feel like he was developed 100% correctly. So you click the link, audio starts playing of Robbie Anderson, who is now a Carolina Panther with a new quarterback, by the way, Baker Mayfield, on the IM athlete podcast talking about what went wrong for Sam Darnold in his Jet tenure seems to put most of if not all of the blame on the Jet organization for their lack of ability to develop the young quarterback and he was in the building Uh, he was a receiver on this team so obviously he had a first-hand experience as to what transpired and he seems to be putting all the blame on them and and not Darnold now part of it is Darnold's his teammate now. Darnold is his quarterback until otherwise. You know, Baker Mayfield expected to assume that position, but that's his quarterback. He's been riding for him. So, uh, Robbie Anderson taking some shots at the Jets. Yeah, listen, but he's not telling us anything we didn't know, right? He's not. I mean, mean, we, you know, we we talked about it. 
We talked about the lack of development. We talked about lack of protection behind the offensive line. We talked about lack of uh, skills, skill set wide receivers uh, to help him bring it to a whole new level. We talked about, um, you know, Leb Bell. What's Leb Bell going to do for you, man? If the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't want him, you know, one man's trash is another man's trash yeah, in that regard. I would say there's a little bit of, of revisionist history there because I don't think that the Lev Bell situation was was us looking at, especially as a Jet fan, us looking at it as capitalizing on what Pittsburgh threw in the garbage can. They, they clearly had uh, that contract dispute where there was some animosity. He felt like he was valued more or valued less than he should have been. And he sat out the year. As a Jet fan, I was excited because Lev Bell in his prime was, was pretty darn good. So we figured uh, you get a year off to rest. He's going to come back and be refreshed. And off we go. So I, I didn't view it as, you know, one man's trash. But I agree with you. And I agree with Ro- Robbie Anderson. Um, they did not do a good job developing Sam Darner. I will go to my grave believing. I don't know if he would have been great. But I think he could have been, if given the requisite talent and the proper coaching and not Adam Gase, um, I, I, I think Sam Darnold could have been a, a factor in the NFL. I think he could have been one of the best 22 quarterbacks. Whoa. Okay. That's not a high bar. Um, <laughs> Being the 21st I, or 22nd I don't, best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't. Because the talent I, was there. And it's the whole USC yeah. USC thing. He he was turnover. I, I think, uh, from what I understand, based on 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 the, on the you know the, the scouts that I spoke to when when I was in Indianapolis for the combine was a lack of experience um, because he didn't start playing football till late and and in 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 college, and um, you know the, the one thing the one positive about Sam Darnold is that and and this is what I did hear and so let's go with a positive and that is you know he threw wide receivers open. Uh, it's really hard a lot. That's that's one of the biggest criticisms in regard to a lot of rookie quarterbacks who come out is that it takes time to develop that. In the NFL, the pace of, of play is so fast, so much faster than college football is that, you know, typically you can be a successful college college quarterback throwing to a wide receiver once he gets open. Can't be successful in the NFL with that. You've got to throw wide receivers open. You can't wait. If you wait for a wide receiver to be open, you'll get intercepted by by just the, the class of athlete that's uh, playing the secondary position these days. And 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 it was and and Sam Darnold from again what what was communicated to me with a number of scouts was that he had this uncanny ability already innately uh, throwing wide receivers open. We'll see what happens. Listen. You know, what I find interesting is, don't forget, guys, just about two weeks ago, Golden Tate said the same thing about Daniel Jones, okay? Let's keep that in mind. Golden Tate said the same thing about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been was sold a bag of lemons here in New York. Now, does, um, you know, Brian Dable and Kafka in, in what the Giants are, are doing and the offense they're going to implement and what they've been able to do uh, in, in the draft, improving the offensive line and, and whatnot, is that going to change things for Daniel Jones? Only time will tell. But uh, the same thing that, that Robbie Anderson is saying uh, about Sam Darnold, uh, Golden Tate said the same thing about Daniel Jones two weeks ago. All right, so going on to our next story is Dame Dallas gets paid. Click or Ooh. don't click? Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, we've talked all week about the NBA and how it's a good time to be a mediocre basketball player because you're probably going to get paid, but a – a non-mediocre, a great basketball player that just got paid big time is Damian Lillard. He reaches a two-year, 
$122 million extension. His current deal that he signed two years ago actually already runs through the 2024-2025 season. However, this new extension means that he will be in Portland for the foreseeable future. And this is kind of a crazy statistic. So this isn't even counting the next couple of years with the new contract and then the extension. The All-Star, the six-time All-Star, has already made $195 million as the franchise player over the past decade. And now with this new money, his earnings with the team will carry more than $450 million. So he's almost on his way to half a billion with the Blazers. And I know a lot of people say he's loyal to the team. I mean, it's pretty easy to be loyal when the team continues to pay you almost half a billion dollars. Now, my main question is, We've seen with contracts over this last how many seasons not really mean anything. Of course, this week with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, we've really been saying, what does a contract in the NBA mean? But I guess I'll open this to you and Ty. Do you see Damian Lillard staying with Portland throughout this extension? In today's NBA, where players seem to grow unhappy very quickly and demand a trade, Lillard has been one of those loyal guys, but do you think that he will be in Portland at the end of this two-year, $122 million extension? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't cover the Portland Trailblazers. Um, You know, I just feel like they're not in the news as often as other teams are. Um, I I know that at some point in time, we've had conversations, right, Ty, on the show in regard to uh, the Knicks possibly getting uh, Lillard. I, I think I think he's one of the most underestimated players in 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 the NBA. I think he's absolutely tremendous. But for whatever reason, he's not he's not discussed. He's not placed in that. And and maybe because he's been injured, right? He was injured all last season. We didn't see him play much. But like, I just feel like he's not he, he's not in the topic of conversation. He's not in that upper echelon when we're talking about some of the best. NBA players that are out there. I think this money is well-deserved. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a character guy. I think he's a, he's a good um, teammate to have. I think organizations, I think he respects organizations. So I, I think the contract is deserving. If I had to guess, I'd say, yeah, I anticipate his tenure to be there. But you never know because we've had that conversation here before in regards to potentially the Knicks getting him. So I, I think... There are a couple of reasons as to why he's not discussed as frequently as others. And I don't think it has anything to do with the market because we've seen that if you're a great player in a small market, if you have success, you're going to be the topic of conversation, especially in the NBA where like players run the sport and we care about like legacies and championships. For Dame, it's that during his tenure in Portland, as good as he's been, as great as he's been, the Blazers have been to the conference finals one time. And it was a year where they got swept by the Warriors. So if if you're going to be that upper echelon player and and not be the key cog to a title contender, it's hard to, to, to be in the conversation like a Kawhi, like a Giannis, like a Steph, LeBron, KD, because you're just not separating yourself from the other guys who are who are not contending for championships. You're, you're in that same boat. Um, as far as the question Jake asked, man, it's going to be really hard for Dame to ever r- request a trade and ask for out because of how he's played his hand here uh, with loyalty, stay with the franchise. I, I think he actually put something else, uh, put a post up yesterday about like not running from situations 
it's going to be really hard for him to then, a couple of years later, after signing this deal, talk about uh, he wants to trade elsewhere. When, when you've been the face of, like, Giannis. When we think of loyalty, we think of, like, Giannis. We think of Dame Lillard. And for him, for you to now come out and, and publicly request a trade, that's going to be tough. Well, Ty, did you see this? Uh, Anita, maybe you too. Damian Lillard on Instagram, I don't know if it was about a week ago oh, or KD, so. Yeah. yeah, he put up a photoshopped photo of Kevin Durant in a Portland uniform. And I, I know that's still him being loyal staying in Portland, but it's also like the tampering rules, like... I don't understand what the NBA and the NBA. I don't is. have a, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. What's wrong with him wanting Katie to come there? No, I don't have a problem with it either. But it's like they have all these rules put in place, and then I, if you would think of what tampering means, that that is kind of I feel like the. I don't know. Did he? But let me ask you: Did he get it? Like I thought, like front office can't t- like. Yeah. Did he get in? Did he get in yeah, trouble for that? I mean, seen, we see a lot of we see a lot of teams. We see a lot of players do that. By yeah, the way, I yeah. don't have an issue with that. Just because I mean, listen, your legacy ultimately you're remembered by how often you won, uh, and it's the MVPs, it's championships, it's Finals MVPs. So he's just trying to recruit talent. I just I just thought it was ironic that a guy who is so loyal or comes off as so loyal is preaching to get the guy who you could say is probably the most unloyal guy but, in the NBA. But to Jake's point, so here's the here's the post that I'm talking about. Uh, he says he, it's a picture of him in a Blazers uniform, and the caption is "Keep switching teams, running from the running from the grind." You boys is chumps. So one, hard to really two years from now go public with the trade request when you're calling people who do that chumps. Two, keep switching teams, running from the grind. You just posted a picture with Kevin Durant in a Blazers uniform. That would be Kevin Durant switching teams and quote unquote running from the grind. And you're in theory calling him a chump, so it's it's a little uh, hypocritical and and kind of humorous. We don't we don't take things like that too seriously, but I just thought that that was funny. Uh, last one for you, Anita. Speaking of the NBA, uh, there was a story that before acquiring All NBA center Rudy Gobert in a blockbuster deal, the Timberwolves, which by the way, terrible deal, uh, t- five first rounders for Rudy Gobert on what planet? Uh, the Timberwolves, <laughs> according to Vince Goodwill on the Posting Up podcast approached the Nets regarding the possibility the possibility of trading for KD and Brooklyn's asking price was pretty hefty to the tune of Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards and four, not one, not two, not three, but four first round picks. And yeah. obviously the Timberwolves said no. <laughs> yeah, who's going to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. At the end of the day, what we do know again is that Kyrie wants to be in L.A. with the Lakers. Ty, I know you're a huge Lakers fan. Uh, Is that something that you would like to see? Would you like to see a Westbrook slash uh, whatever other players that are going to be involved slash some first round unprotected, unprotected draft picks exchange for Kyrie Irving? 
Well, the Westbrook experiment was such a disaster uh, of epic proportions that you would welcome Kyrie Irving to the team. And one, because he's a better player, and you'd be willing to ignore the injury history and all the distractions because of the fact that he's won a championship with LeBron James. They went LeBron James! They went to three NBA finals together. 15, 16, 17, 18, and he wasn't there. Um, so they went to three NBA finals together. They've had success. The best version of Kyrie Irving we saw alongside LeBron James. The best version of Anthony Davis we've seen alongside LeBron James. So put them all together and you'll have the injury. Because low-key LeBron's developing an injury history. In his four seasons with the Lakers, he's only been fully healthy once. Now, granted, it was the season they won the championship, but he's developing an injury history as he gets older. Anthony Davis, we know, has always been plagued by that. And Kyrie Irving just misses games, uh, whether it's you know, because he's hurt or vaccination or random hiatus. So that's going to be a concern. But if they're all on the court together, then I, I would – I sound like a homer and a bias, but I would pick them as the favorites to win the West. Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis? Absolutely. You're not worried about the, you know, the, every, all, all, the, all the baggage that Kyrie brings. You're not worried about, you know, that coming on to um, your team or, or in your locker room. See, that's the, and that's why I started it the way that I did when I said, like, the Westbrook project was such a disaster that you would, you would be willing to live with it because you, you know that if Kyrie's playing— at least he's going to be great. Like, when he's on the court, he's phenomenal. And Westbrook has is, is just been washed. So, what, so, what, so really what you're saying is you're, you're, willing to, you're willing to sacrifice, you're willing to take the risk of a potential poop show and baggage and whatever yeah. else well, because, because, because of what Kyrie brings t- to the court. And it's such a perfect fit because everything that the Lakers need Westbrook to be he's not and Kyrie is you need a guy who's a secondary perimeter scorer alongside LeBron James someone who can stretch the floor who can hit threes who can who can get into the paint and finish with efficiency like having another guy as a wing um, where LeBron doesn't have to literally do everything on offense that's exactly what the Lakers missed last year and Westbrook just couldn't do it now, the interesting part is, as bad as Westbrook has been from a performance standpoint, you know what you never have to worry about? One, him missing games. Two, him being a bad teammate. And, and that, those are the concerns with Kyrie. So if we could just combine them, that would be a phenomenal player. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would take Kyrie on the Lakers. Absolutely. 809-9. But you know what? I, uh, 3776. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what I find so interesting? Like, everyone keeps talking about it. Christian, who was just on, talks about, like, the loyalty Durant has to Kyrie Irving. I don't get it. So, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it because you, I, I think you make a phenomenal point about his legacy. Like it, he's allowing Kyrie to just torpedo his legacy. He had a, a real shot at rehabbing his image and his reputation here in Brooklyn. If you can somehow find a way to be the best player on a championship team in Brooklyn— and get past the likes of Milwaukee and Boston and and the Sixers and then play whoever comes out of the West, you, you can re um, you can have the way people view you reimagined. But for some reason, he's tied to Kyrie Irving. But here's what I don't get. 
all the reports seem to su- suggest that Kyrie Irving desperately wants to reunite with LeBron James. So the feeling doesn't, it doesn't sound like the feeling's mutual. Like well, he wants to play with LeBron. He desperately right. wants to play with LeBron. But KD's like tied to, to Kyrie for some reason. He's a, he doesn't want to even want to be here. He wants to play with LeBron James. But for some reason, you still really want to play with him? And and he's the reason. And he's the reason. He's the reason why you got in this mess in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Like you can't be mad at the Nets for having reservations about giving this guy a long a long term contract. He just hasn't been available. And it would be one thing if it were were just injuries, because you could always convince yourself that all right, we're gonna have a new dieting program or our team physicians. We're gonna we're gonna take care of it. We're, We're gonna find a new way to get you in the best shape possible to avoid injuries. But it's not just injuries. It's all of the other garbage that comes with it, whether it was the vaccination situation, him just deciding after the riots he didn't want to play. He's, he's holding practices after Nash practice. And, and Nash is one. And, and, and by the way, the, the coach who was here got fired because he didn't like him. And Nash was handpicked by these two guys. So now you're undermining the guy that you handpicked. But it was always going to be a disaster when you heard Kyrie Irving say, we don't need a coach. I can coach. KD can coach. So it's just a big mess. And I also think Kyrie's a little bit of a phony. In what regard? Well, because think about it. The, the, the reason why he didn't get vaccinated, and I respect his, the, if that's the decision that you want to make, it's your body, do what you want. I, I, I can't. I can't criticize you for that. I can say, listen, be a great teammate. This is a team sport. It's your job. But in the end, that's the decision that you want to make because he felt like this was bigger than him. He, he was going out there and fighting for, the, for those who were laid off from their jobs. But then once the, but once the mandate was lifted, you started playing. Those, those people who lost their jobs didn't get rehired. So if you were fighting on, on their behalf... Why did you play once the mandate was lifted? Yeah, I mean, I, li- yeah, no, no, that's an excellent point. And, 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 and I keep on saying this because, you know, in, in, in filling in, do, doing the, the 7 to 10 as I, I have the last few weeks, I, I've received a lot of calls and, and, and people calling in and saying, you know, Anita, you know, if somebody doesn't want to take the vaccine, the, you know, they don't have to. Like, it's their body. It's their decision. And I said, listen, I understand that. If Kyrie would come out and say, I don't believe in the vax. I don't want to put this in my body. I'm worried about the outcome. I'm worried about what it potentially could do to me. Like like what, what we hear a number of people who are, we call them anti-vaxxers, right? Like they're worried about this vaccine. They don't trust it, whether they don't trust the government, whatever it is, okay? But that's not what he's saying. Yeah. He even came out and he said, I'm not an, Kyrie came out and said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just, I, I am standing alongside government workers who've been forced to take the vax or they're going to lose their job. So he's taking a political stand, as noble as that is. He's not an anti-vaxxer. So I keep on telling people that who call into the show, like, hey, you can't criticize him because, you know, he doesn't want to take the vax because it's his body. That's not, I'm not criticizing. For, at the end of the day, what he did was he put these government workers in, in this stance above his team and his teammates who you know had this brilliant idea right like to to form this big three and come to brooklyn to win a championship yes and this is a year after 
you could argue, and, and it's not his fault because Giannis fell on him, but a year after one of the biggest reasons the Nets didn't win a championship, he got hurt. You were not available to your team. And again, I'm not blaming him, but you were not available to your team for something beyond your control because Giannis falls on your ankle. And then the next year you're, you're missing games because you, you're, you don't want to get vaccinated. So the team has every right to feel you're not committed. And for for Durant to still be tied to him, I just don't understand it, man. You're one of the I I don't I don't either. Greatest players ever. You can have a legacy like you said that reaches even higher than that, but it's predicated on you winning championships, and you're allowing this guy to drag you down. And 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 again, based on the conversation we just had with Christian Winfield, you know, it, it began it began with with Kyrie wouldn't be in this situation. Probably Harden wouldn't be in Philadelphia with the 76ers. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And yet, you're still willing to play with him. Like, I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't get that either. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is He Said, She Said. Well, that's what I said. <laughs> See what we did there? Anyway, this is a fun segment. Uh, we, use, we, we typically do this around the summertime when there's really not a lot going on. Uh, but there was a lot said this week uh, with from a variety of people that just uh, happened to uh, pique my attention and, and to facilitate some reaction. So I thought it would be a good time to bring this segment back. Uh, typically, uh, we, we play either we have the audio and we'll play it for you or we'll com- communicate exactly what was said and react to it. And uh, just like uh, click or don't click, our producers lead the way, and that's Ty and Jake today. Gentlemen. All right, let's start with the New York Yankees on their way to what could be the greatest season in in baseball history right now um, are in Boston where they've won the first two games of this four-game set against the Red Sox. But earlier this week, Hal Steinbrenner, the owner of the team, said that he has no regrets about not signing Aaron Judge to a long term extension this past offseason we made an offer that I feel was a very good one the Yankees managing general partner said on a zoom call it was based on the numbers of course but it was also based in part on what he means to the organization it was a combination of both and we just didn't get a deal done so well Aaron Judge remains unsigned and uh, it's going to be a topic of conversation until a deal is done, whether that's with the Yankees or elsewhere. But, um, he, you know, he's the best, you could argue, the best player in baseball right now. He's definitely the front runner for the MVP. Him not being signed to a long-term extension is going to give Yankee fans some trepidation. But here, here's, here's where I have a problem with the statement, right? I know which part, um, the no regrets I, part. I, no regrets, okay? So And, and compounded by... Um, we also, we made him, we made him the offer based on how we value him with the organization. That's how you value him to 13.5. Because dude, let me tell you something. 
there's going to be at least 15 teams that are going to become knocking on his door in November, offering him the 37, 38. He wants to be paid more than Trout. So 37, 38, maybe $40 million a year. Now, will they give him the 10 year? He'll be 40 at the end of that deal. I don't think that would be wise, but if that's what it takes to get him, I'm sure there's an owner in Queens who's going to put that, that type of money on the, on the table because he's got it. So th- th- I, I mean, those comments to me, if I'm, if I'm judge and I hear how say that I'm like, really, that's all, that's all that I, I mean to you is two two point two 13.5. Are you kidding me? That's what, that's my value to you with this organization. I don't like those comments. I don't like that statement. I, that would, if I'm Aaron judge, that does not sit well with me, gentlemen. I, so here's the thing. I, I don't, and maybe this is just ignorance or not ignorance. This is just being naive. I don't think that the Yankees are going to allow him to walk. I, I, I think that they understand that the path to winning a championship starts and ends with your best players, and Judge is your best player. He's going to win the MVP this year. We'll see what happens in the postseason as far as them winning a championship. But going forward, hard to really argue that you're in the, the business of winning championships and, and, and being serious about that and pursuing one if it doesn't involve you retaining Aaron Judge and because there's just no replacement for him. Now, you don't want to go... And, and become financially irresponsible when it comes to the numbers. But I feel like there's a way where they're, they're just going to work it out and for both parties. I just think Judge has to value what it would mean to spend his entire career as, an, as a New York Yankee. And the Yankees understand that you cannot let this guy walk. It's just It just would be bad for business to let him walk. And just kind of piggybacking off of that, thinking about Aaron Judge in City Field does not make me uh, too happy, but... You have a great point. They obviously do have an extremely wealthy owner, but at the same time, and it's not just you, I've heard friends say it, it's like they're the New York Yankees. They're not this poverty franchise that can't compete with the Mets and their new owner. If they don't sign or give an ex- a good contract to a homegrown guy like Aaron Judge, who's kind of been the face of not just the team but the entire league and has done everything the right way on and off the field, if you're not going to pay him then, like, who are you going to pay? So that's kind of my take on that. But off of Aaron Judge and onto another all-star starter for the outfield for the American League, and that's Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, He had some interesting quotes last night, not in particular with the all-star game, but he did have some stuff to say about the Home Run Derby. And this year, the Home Run Derby is in Los Angeles, really close, right down the road from where he grew up. So he mentioned last night in postgame that he is definitely interested in taking part in this year's home run derby the quote is nothing is official yet but i could definitely see myself being there and ty anita i know there's been people who say they don't like when their players on their team do the home run derby because it might affect their swing in the second half he has 21 home runs um already this season and he did partake in the home run derby back in 2017 when he represented the host marlins at marlins park And he had a great second half that year, too. He won it in 2016. So it's not like he's new to the Home Run Derby. But would you guys prefer if he did not partake in the Home Run festivities? I would. I mean, listen, what's the bigger prize here? Uh, Winning winning a championship. And, and, And listen, there's a number of guys 
who participate in the home run derby and that nothing changes. Their swing doesn't change. Their batting average doesn't go down. But there is the possibility. There is a percentage of guys who do. And we know how important Stanton's bat is to this lineup. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, it'd be one thing if... It'd be one thing if the Yankees weren't, you know, and, and I think they should be favored, right? Like I know earlier in the show, we were talking about the probability from fan graphs. Um, I think they should be favored to win the World Series this year. Uh, if, if, if that wasn't the case and there wasn't a, re- a real realistic opportunity for this team to win a World Series, I'd be like, why not go for it? Like, you know, what are your ch- like, what's your probability of winning a World Series? Like, you know, maybe 25, 30 percent go for it. But not this year. Yeah, like, I would say not if, this year. If he didn't, not this year. If he didn't already partake in it and win it, I I get it. Like you're in your hometown, you want to finally do it. But he already won, and then Judge won the final the following year. So unless the home run derby is at Yankee Stadium, I get it. If one of them wanted to do it in front of the home crowd, and it's technically his home crowd, but as a Yankee fan, yeah, I would love to not see any Yankees in the home run derby. I would have no problem with it, honestly. I think it's much to do about nothing. I I guess that the, there have been instances in the past where, you know, players have said that it affected their swing going forward because, yeah, it, it's a different apo- approach going out there trying to hit a home run in an exhibition contest versus competing in games against elite pitching. But Stanton's a professional. He's a former league MVP. I think he knows what he's doing when it comes to swing correction. Well, with so, all the position players they're facing these days, maybe they're used <laughs> to 60-mile-per-hour fastballs because it seems like every night they're at the end of the game there's Jackie Bradley Jr. or the Pittsburgh Pirates' second baseman. So maybe they're used to this, uh, the meatballs down the right down Broadway. So I, th- I think he'd be fine. But uh, moving on from the Yankees to the Mets because they're – you know, they are fresh off of a loss last night, but this week, a little bit of controversy surrounding one of their starting pitchers. Chris Bassett had uh, tested positive for COVID. This was a home test and following a two-game series against the Houston Astros, and he reported it to the Mets before his July 1st start. Here's what he had to say about the entirety of that situation. Stop testing it. Stop, stop acting like COVID is far worse than a lot of other things. I mean, not trying to get too much into it, but I was never sick, never had a symptom. So sitting out for two weeks or possibly a week for zero symptoms. Now they're coming out and saying we possibly could get tested and we could possibly come up positive multiple times in, like, say, a month. So we got to miss multiple times. And this, I guess the answer is I should never have said anything. She never said I tested positive. So there are a lot of layers to this. One is, I, like you, you have to well, wonder well, if you're one of his teammates, how this makes you feel. Because, I mean, knowing that you have the virus and just not telling anyone that you're around is irresponsible. Like I understand the competitive nature, and you want all of your your players, your athletes, to want to play, right? We just spent an entire segment ripping a guy because he just doesn't want to play. So you you love that competitive energy and, and the juices, but, man, like, I know it feels like COVID's gone, but it's it, all of this is still fairly new, and the, the research is still being done to figure out long-term effects and ramifications. You, you don't want to be that guy who shows up with the virus and is just not telling anyone. I, well, I mean, a, a few... A few things here. A few things here. 
a few things here to unpack, right? And that is, I understand Chris Bassett's frustration in, in, in that he, he suffered no, you know, he wasn't achy, no sore throat, no, you know, all those things that, that potentially could come a, a, along with, with COVID. But just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you're not contagious, okay? I mean, you know, there's, you, you test positive, you've got a viral load, and you are contagious, so even though you aren't feeling the effects of COVID, you could very well easily walk into a clubhouse and, and infect a teammate who they might be not, not be as fortunate as you and might come down with symptoms. They might break for the all-star break and go and visit a family member, a mom, a dad, a grandmother, a grandfather, and get them sick. So this is just so uber ignorant on his part to say, well, Next time, I'm not going to tell anybody. I, I really, I, I hope the medical staff with the Mets sat down with him and educated him and informed him of just how idiotic those that statement is. Yeah. I really hope so. It's a, it's it's a it's a ter- it's a terrible thing to say. And again, that's why I wonder, like, how your teammates react to something like this. And because- Carlos Carrasco had can't like you know he he had leukemia, Carlos Carrasco. So I know people who have these diseases too are more. You know, mm-hmm. prone to the severity. Exactly. Of it. So now we have to point out too. Chris Bassett said this, and it's on record. There are a number of people who feel this way, and not just in baseball, but across sports and, and just in everyday life. I, I would just say you got to be more responsible with just like how you go about and carry yourself. But another thing is too, at some point, because we talked about this months ago, like. There is going to be a quote-unquote correction where sports has to find a way to deal with how they're treating positive tests. And now that's going to come through years and years of research and that's understanding, uh, again, long-term effects. So there will come a day where maybe you can still come to the clubhouse and play if you've tested positive and aren't displaying any symptoms. I'm confident that maybe one day we will be able to get there. But for you right now to say this, just comes across as wrong, man. That's just wrong. Um, I just I, I know I know we're up against it, and we need to take a break. I just just really quick, I know you mentioned the the Robbie Anderson quote uh, in in regard to Sam Darnold um, earlier in the show, and and we responded to that. Um, but uh, one th- one other thing that I, I do want to mention is that that's the Brittany Griner. Before we take a break, I think this is really really important. Um, you know, she pleaded guilty. This week in Russia, her quote unquote was, I'd like to plead guilty, your honor, but there was no intent. I didn't want to break the law. She told the judge in English, which, of course, then was was translated in in Russian to the court. She's facing a possible 10 year prison. She might have to serve in a penal colony, by the way. That's that's some other reports out there. But it's really important to mention um, there are other reports out there that saying that that, that the, the government, the U.S. government instructed her to plead guilty, whether she is or not, to plead guilty to help their progress in trying to arrange a prisoner swap with Russia. But one of the caveats is that she had to, um, she had to uh, plead guilty in order to do that. Just FYI. So let's see what happens. Again, I know there's a lot of, a lot of frustration in around the NBA and WNBA community. The fact that if this was LeBron James or Steph Curry or somebody of that magnitude where Brittany uh, uh, Griner equates on the WPGA level, um, you know, th- 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 we-, we wouldn't be having this, right? 
Um, but she is a woman. She is a minority. She is a lesbian. There's a lot that goes into that, 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 that a number of people feel that she's not getting the, the right, um, you know, um, support from our government because of all those reasons, regardless, again, pleaded guilty this week, but reports are there is that the United States government instructed her to do so to help with the prisoner exchange in regard to a few Russian prisoners that Russia wants back. I think it's really, really important to point out. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, uh, good. I was going to say good morning, good morning, but really it, it is good afternoon. And of course, uh, Joe is brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing well, Anita. Isn't it crazy when you're on the air, like the, the three hours that you're on today, it's probably the fastest three hours you have of the day because there's so much to talk about with everything happening all over the country and uh, with sports, whether it's tennis or golf or baseball or MLS soccer or the Indiana Derby. It's all there. It, it is a lot. And, and, you know, this is supposed to be the quote unquote dog days of summer where there's really not a lot going on, but you know, because of the NBA free agency and, and how insane it was here with, with the Nets. That's obviously a big storyline. Uh, you've got the Yankees and the Mets that, uh, that, that are doing so, so well. Um, always a, a great topic to talk about. We're just uh, a month away from training camps opening up in the NFL. Wimbledon men's is tomorrow, which is really exciting. So uh, there, there is a lot going on. But with that being said, how about we start with some baseball with you? Um, you didn't, you didn't text me your, your picks this afternoon. So I'm kind of flying blind here with you, but well, let's, wanna... start, let's start with the New, let's start with the New York teams. And either we got the Mets here who are really in trouble right now. I mean, just think on June 1st, Anita, the Mets were had a 10-and-a-half game lead. And if you're a Mets fan, you have to be really, really nervous. Normally the Mets take a nosedive in August. But this this is, uh, you know, even though they haven't had Scherzer, I know he just came back, uh, and they haven't had DeGrom, this is very concerning for Mets fans. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so do you have a play in the Mets game today? Absolutely. I don't like playing chalk, but I am playing the Mets today. They're retiring Hernandez's number today. I always look at some outside intangible factors, and um, I always look. I think that the Mets, after playing poorly last night, I think they'll rebound. I don't like laying their big, big favorites here tonight. But Carlos Carrasco, nine and four with a 4.64 ERA, um, going up against Braxton Garrett, who was one and three with a 4.25. I think the Mets will rebound here, but the Mets have a big series coming up on Monday. And either uh, Max. Scherzer is going to be on the mound against the Braves. The Braves right now, since June 1st, are 27-8. and And, you know, this series here, come next weekend, you might have a new team in the lead in the NL East. Um, any play later on tonight in the Yankees game? You know, with the Yankees, it's... Uh, how about the Yankees? I mean, everyone thinks I hate the Yankees. I was talking to Ty earlier today on Twitter, and everyone thinks, hey, I say it's business. I've been riding the Yankees, but, um, you know, here they're going up against Crawford. Um, Walker was supposed to start for Boston, but the Red Sox are in a disarray. They haven't been playing well, and um, I'm just going to recommend playing the total to go over. I know Montgomery's been pitching really well, ha- never gets any run support, but the Yankees bats have been on fire, um, and um, I think that they should be able to put a couple runs up on Crawford and um, I, I'm just going to continue to ride the trend. I don't like laying the big number on the wood in a big rivalry like this, but the Yankees just are a machine that hasn't been stopped. The only team that can beat the Yankees right now in baseball, and at least in the American League, is the Houston Astros. But um, I do 
like uh, I do like the over in this game with the Yankees. I'm playing over nine runs in this game. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, outside of the Mets and the Yankees, any other uh, any other games that you like on the on, on the slate today, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. There's a game out uh, uh, on our West Coast that either um, the Seattle Mariners, who have been red hot, they're 14 and three in the last 17 games. Really good pitching matchup. We know about Alec Manoa, nine and three record with a 2.33 ERA, going up against lefty Robbie Ray, who has an ERA of 0.80. In his last five starts with a 4-1 record. On my Twitter handle, which is Joe with Sports, so I encourage anybody that's out there listening that wants free winners. I got free soccer winners, free baseball winners on Twitter, Joe with Sports. I put out the total of this game, Anita. Um, you don't have to play the side. It's not about a pick em, but at Bet Rivers, the line, uh, the total of this game is at 7.5. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, you know, Robbie Ray's been pitching lights out. Manoa has not pitched well, but he's going for his 10th win before the All-Star break. So Toronto Blue Jays have been reeling to just three and seven in the last ten games. Um, both teams um, have great pitches going under seven and a half runs between Seattle and Toronto going tonight. I do like to total that game under. Fantastic. Uh, tomorrow we've got Wimbledon, the men's final um, taking place. Are you, are you going to dabble in, in anything Wimbledon tomorrow morning, Joe? I've been watching Wimbledon all week long, Anita. I'm a big tennis fan. People don't think I am, but I've, I used to play tennis. I never was really that good at it, but I used to have a decent ace. Uh, so we used to play, and I had a lot of fun, but you have to be in really, really good shape to play tennis, and uh, uh, lately I haven't been playing. But uh, in this game, in this match here, you know, it's interesting because earlier the women's today, we had we had a winner there. Um, uh, Krabinka was uh, plus 120 or 130, depending on when you got the line. Ironically, at the start of Wimbledon, Anita, she was plus 12,000. Plus 12,000 to win Wimbledon, and she did it. And she was a former Russian now playing for a different country. With, uh, but here we go with uh, I think that there's some value here betting against Djokovic. I mean, I know Djokovic is the best player in the world. He's been on the ropes earlier in the week. He was down 0 2. I posted on Twitter. I really thought he was going to get upset. He won three sets in a row here. And it's unfortunate that Nadal pulled out of the tournament. But I don't think Nick Nadal would have beaten Nick Kriogis, um, who's really a good player. And um, I think here, uh, you know, right now Nadal, uh, Djokovic is minus one and a half sets here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes five sets and uh, possible upset here, but I would take the one and a half sets uh, and take uh, Kriogis, um, who I think is very good. Nick has been playing sensational, and um, he's very outspoken. And um, Djokovic, like I said, he has, he's the number one player in the world, Anita, but he hasn't. Sometimes he seems like he's a little bit uh, unstable, and um, I think if there's one player that can beat him, it's Nick. I took one and a plus one and a half sets. I'm expecting this to go the distance. Anything else uh, you're going to dabble in today before we let you go? Absolutely. We got a ton of winners. I love winners all the time, Anita. That's what we're here for, right? We got soccer action tonight. I put it up on Twitter at Joe with Sports. Red Bulls are playing Cincinnati. I took the Red Bulls here, New York Red Bulls. They're plus 148. They're in first place, Anita, and they're getting value. Always looking for good ROI, good return on investment. We like the Red Bulls here, plus the, 18, uh, plus the 148, the better record. Um, and the Red Bulls have a very good defense here. And um, plus 148, I think they're you know getting good value in uh, soccer. You're going to get a good, good, good return on investment. I do like the Red Bulls there. 
plus the 148. So, yeah, I do like uh, – that's where my plays are in soccer. And uh, thanks for having me on. I'm really pumped up. And, you know, this time of the year, everyone talks about the dog days of summer. But, hey, when you got the Yankees and Mets both in first place and, you know, both have a legitimate shot of winning the World Series – uh, hey, it's uh, it's all on. it's the only hope in New York for us to bring a trophy in New York. It's either the Yankees or the Mets, and uh, I'm curious to see how it all plays out come in the fall. Uh, before I let you go, uh, came across a, an interesting bet um, in in, per, in regard to Major League Baseball in, in the New York teams. You could wager that either the Mets or the Yankees win a win, win a World Series at plus two twenty five. Interesting. Um, I like. The, I think the Yankees. You know, right now the Yankees are plus four hundred. The books finally made the adjustment because they had the Dodgers favored um, all season long, and finally the Yankees are now plus four hundred at Bet Rivers to win the World Series. Now, if you're just picking the Mets or the Yankees, you know there's so many more question marks with the Mets. I mean, the Mets really, realistically, you, when you're making a bet with the Mets, you're really thinking is Degrom going to be back in line? Because the Mets without Degrom uh, in the long run, I don't think. They're going to be able to compete uh, with the Braves uh, in the National League or the Dodgers. So that's the big problem there. So you're betting. It's almost like when the Nets were playing last year and Kyrie, and everyone was like, oh, is Kyrie going to be back in the lineup? And is that KD? Everyone's going to be healthy. That's the same case here. So, so it's a risky investment. But I think the Yankees, uh, a plus 400, um, you know, it's probably a good bet. And the, uh, obviously the Houston Astros are plus 600. But Yanks right now, uh, if they continue to play the way they do, if they play that way in October, they'll, they'll, they could win it all. So even though Ty doesn't think I like his Yankees, it's all about business for me. Indeed. I'm just here to make some money here. And what is this in the Indiana Derby here? You gave me a horse here. How much information do you have for me? Oh, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't have information. I was I was texting you. Uh, I, I was texting I, I you. I was forwarding you a text. I got. I was I was, I was texting you um, information. I I got from from another source. So um, you know, and, and so you, that's um, it, it's it's the Indiana Derby today. How would you pronounce this horse's name? Actuator, actuator, actuator. Actuator. Yes. Is that right? And it's funny because Anita. Yeah, and it's funny. I know you're a big horse. Uh, a horse racing fan as well as I am. And whenever you go to the track, everybody claims they have information and everybody says they have the winner and then something always goes wrong. So I was just kidding. But horse racing is so difficult to win at because the odds of winning at a track, you know, when you have a horse race field of 10, the odds of winning are at 10%. At least with sports betting, if, you know, Yankees are playing the Red Sox, you have a 50-50 chance of winning and uh, maybe even higher with the Yankees where they're playing. So, yeah, Actuator is the eight horse here in uh, the horse I actually like in the Indiana Derby, by the way, it goes this afternoon, uh, is the 10 horse, Fowler Blue. And who's on him? Sonny Leone. Remember that name? Sonny Leone rolled Rich Strike to win the uh, Kentucky Derby here. And uh, Fowler Blue is at 8 to 1 right now. Um, the 10 horse at the Indiana Derby. You got it here. All right, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it.